0: know that we've been um, looking at a series over the last few weeks, it's called Growing In Series, um, and we started off with Growing In Fasting, in which Tim shared the importance of fasting, uh, prayer prayer and fasting, and then Kevin uh, followed that by sharing Growing In Character, and then last week we had Adam who was speaking on Growing In Family Life. This morning we're going to carry on with that, and I'm going to be speaking about Growing In Serving. The word servant, service and serve in various ways and forms occur roughly about 1100 times in the uh, new international version of the Bible. And there's an abundance of examples of people serving God in various ways and forms and also people serving one another. So this is a really important subject and we want to spend some time around that this morning. The the Greek word uh, for serve means to wait upon somebody uh, or to attend to someone. It's akin to the word uh, slave or servant. And it has the same sort of translation as to minister to. And we're going to be looking at that a little bit later on. True service is an essential part of the Christian life. whereby whereby every Christian has a heavenly obligation towards Jesus Christ to engage in the work of the kingdom, using God's gifts and abilities that he's given to you and to I. There's a lot of examples in Scripture uh, that we could look at this morning concerning serving God, but the most apt, I think, is the example that Jesus set uh, to his followers that we find in John chapter 13, verse 1 to 17. And we're just going to turn to that, and we're going to read a short passage from that chapter. And it's where Jesus washes the, the disciples' feet. So if you've got a Bible with you, whether it's electronic or paper, if you want to turn to that, we'll read that together. John chapter 13, verse 1 to 17. Okay. said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has been, sorry, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set before you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. We see from this passage that Jesus is intentional in what he does and is very clear and has a very clear goal and agenda in mind. It was to show and demonstrate to the disciples the depth and extent of his love. Jesus is not put off by the disciples' dirty, smelly feet. But he takes each one of them and he washes and dries them tenderly even the feet of his betrayer, Judas. One of the objectives, I believe, of this act was to show and teach the disciples that there's no limit to loving service. It involves loving humility. Jesus' whole life was a sacrifice of service and the act of washing the disciples' feet was only a small element of that service, but a necessary one. To show the disciples and us that service involves loving humility. Jesus had set the example. This act would have been firmly imprinted on the minds of the disciples forever. Notice that Jesus was present and that Jesus washed the feet of his enemy. Serving God has no regards or consideration for those for who you are or what you've done. Or what you've not done. There is no conditions or exclusions. Because true service is motivated motivated by love. And embraces all. Regardless of their disposition. In serving one another. We prove our love. For one another. It's a willful decision that we make. With our hearts and minds. We choose to do that. Sorry, we choose to do that. We serve God in many ways. Worship, obedience, surrender, yielding to the Holy Spirit. We serve one another by praying and practically helping and encouraging one another in many ways. Life groups is a great way where we can contribute to helping one another and praying for one another. And as Gray mentioned earlier, I really want to encourage you, if you're not part of a life group, to get along to one. One that you feel settled in, where you feel comfortable, and where you feel that you can be a part of, and where you can support the people and contribute to what the group is doing. So Jesus has demonstrated that service is an integral part of being a disciple, a follower of Him. Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, very famous, well known verses. It says the following in the King James. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He has appointed us to serve him, and this is our reasonable service this morning. God-centered serving is a spiritual activity as well as practical acts. According to the Bible, Jesus spent most of his time, his ministry, providing service to others. He performed numerous miracles, such as healing the blind and the lame, the deaf, which were physical, where he'd met physical needs. But he also provided service in meeting emotional needs as well. And the Bible instructs us to follow his example. Serving God and others requires faith, and it's hard work sometimes. Maybe most of the time. And Jesus says this in John chapter four, verse twelve. Again a well known verse. And it's Jesus speaking, and he says, I tell you the truth, anyone sorry, anyone who has faith in me will do what I am doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Jesus is at the right hand side of the Father. He has left you and I, the church, here to carry on what he had started. So we're the ones that are responsible for reaching out to others and praying for them, praying for healing, praying for deliverance, praying for emotional needs. We are the people of God and God is the one who wants to use us this morning in serving him. So God uses us in... His service he uses us in His service. He uses our personalities, our experiences, our hearts, and expects us to use spiritual gifts that He's given us. Now, everybody has a gift. In fact, most people have more than one gift, or a talent, or ability. But spiritual gifts are important. And if you're struggling to part- participate in the use of spiritual gifts, I want to encourage you this morning. In fact, I want to urge you to seek and help, seek help and guidance in this area. Speak to somebody that you feel comfortable talking to in your life group or somebody in the church. Please don't look to others only, but step out in faith and begin to discover and use the gifts that God's given you. Again, life groups is a great environment where people can encourage one another and learn from one another and launch out and use some spiritual gifts and hearing from God. And it's great. It's lovely. I love it when you know we come together as a family of of, of God, and, and God starts to speak to us. And it's great to hear God speaking this morning, because He cares for us and He loves us. While I'm talking about that, I just want to encourage those that uh, put their hand up uh, earlier in the meeting concerning the word that was given. Um, I just want to encourage you to to not leave it there. I really believe that God wants to to have a a, a real breakthrough in your life. And if you uh, want, uh, we're available to pray for you after the meeting. That'd be great. So spiritual gifts are important in doing God's work. You wouldn't think much of a tradesman if he knocked on your door uh, to come to fix your central heating and you found that he had no tools with him. You'll be even more amazed if he asked you if you had a leak detector so we could check out the gas leaks. It's just bizarre, isn't it? You wouldn't expect that. Spiritual gifts is a way that, that God blesses us. They're tools that God gives us to serve Him and in turn serve others. Jesus used them all the time. And again, we must follow His example. I think we ought to have a week on growing in spiritual gifts. I'll leave that with you. Ultimately, the focus of our service is Christ. And the strength to serve him must be from his Holy Spirit. Hi Dave. We're going to look now at Peter 1, 4 and verses 10 to 11. I'm going to come up on the board there. Yeah, lovely, isn't that? Modern technology. Look Great. I don't know if you can read that, but I'm going to read that out to you. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength of God, sorry, with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power for ever and ever. Amen. Right, you can see it now, can't you? I'd like us to say that together. Just read that verse out together. So, after three, we're going to read it again. I'm going to start from verse 10, starting from each. So, one, two, three. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 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 Each one of us should use our gifts to serve others. Who do we serve? We serve others. How do we serve? With the strength of God. When I ask you guys, in a few moments, who do we serve? I'd like you to say, serve others. Aloud. If I ask you, how do we serve? I'd like you guys to say, with the strength of God. Out aloud. So, one, two, three. Who do we serve? I didn't quite hear you there. Who do we serve? How do we serve? How do we serve? With the strength of God. Once more. How do we serve? With the strength of God. That's right. It's with the strength of God. Your talents are not for your benefit only. God gave you gifts and talents and abilities and background and experience and all these things for the benefit of serving God and other people. To be used in serving him for the extension of his kingdom you were chosen and placed here in jubilee by god to serve him and the way you serve god is by serving others in the church and there's lots of various ministries that the church uh, is involved in life groups set up pau worship teams smile faith hope and enterprise Social events, tadpoles, frog club, and others probably that I haven't named. So there's lots that's going on. And then, of course, beyond that, there's a city. The city of Derby. And the nation. And also the regions beyond. I want to speak to you this morning, Jubilee, and I want to say this to you. Don't think Small. Don't restrict God and what He wants to do through you in your locality, in your neighborhood, in this city, in this nation, and the regions beyond. You may be small and you may be stretched, but your God is big. Your God is awesome, and He is able. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. It's not about us, but about God working in and through us. If you're taking notes, write this one down. You can tap it into your notes on your your mobile. To serve God by serving others with the strength of God. To serve God by serving others with the strength of God. This is called ministry. And the word is often misunderstood. Ministry simply means using my God-given talents and gifts to help somebody else. In the name of Christ. This means every believer is a minister. Now. Not every believer is a pastor. Or a prophet or evangelist. But every believer is a minister. Anytime you use your talents. Your abilities. Your background. Your experience. To help someone else. You know what that's called? Ministering. And you know what you are? You're a minister. I want us now to stand up. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. Right, what I want us to do now, I'm sorry about this, but you're going to have to participate with me this morning. It's the second time I've had you involved. I want us to turn round to each, or face somebody, and look them in the eyes, And uh, I want you to say the following to them. You are a minister. Remember what minister is. Remember what minister is. Okay. I want you to look at them and sincerely, sincerely from your heart say, you're a minister. Right. Now I want you to say this. Now I want you to say this. I am a minister. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Say it again. I am a minister. Right. Okay, we haven't finished yet. Can't sit down yet. I want us now to say to each other, looking at each other, and say, We are called to serve Jesus Christ. Again, with conviction, with some passion. Okay, Amen. We're going to say it once more. Okay? We're going to say it once more. But this time I want us to apply some faith to this. Because this is truth. Okay? This is what the Bible says you are a minister. Together we are ministers together as a body of people. And we need to believe that we're there for one another, that we will need one one another, and that we will need ministry at some point from one another. So this is important. So I want us to say again, we are called to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're called to serve Jesus Christ? Say that aloud. Come on, let's hear it. We are served to call. We're called to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. Take your seats. Take your seats. Thank you for that participation. I just want to say something else. This is really important. This really impressed me. The Lord pressed on my heart. We cannot fully appreciate or enjoy the grace of God without ministering to God and one another. We cannot fully appreciate or enjoy the grace of God without ministering to God and one another. That's another facet of grace. And it's in grace and it's with grace that we serve one another. As far as I'm aware, I don't believe you require any formal education or special training in order to wash and dry somebody's feet. In fact, I don't believe that anybody in the Bible, anywhere in the Bible, it states that we need any formal education to or training to serve God. But it's good if you've got it. It helps. I believe the only qualification that I can see or the criteria for serving God is being available. And like Isaiah in chapter 6 of Isaiah, verse 8, this is what Isaiah says. He says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying. Who shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, that's Isaiah. I said, here I am. Send me. Are you ready to go when God calls you? thank you Lord are you ready to do what God asks you to do now the good news is that God not only created us for his service you were created to be like Christ and what did Christ do while he was here on earth Well, when I read the Bible I see him serving everywhere he gave us a model Notice the next verse we're going to read. I'd like to, I'd like to well, I wanted to read it out aloud, but I don't think we've got it. So I'll read it to you. It's from Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. And again, these words are uh, the words of Jesus. And this is what he says, Jesus speaking. Jesus said, Your attitude must be like my own. For I did not come to be served, but to serve. God uses service As a way to make us more like Jesus by challenging us and testing our hearts, our motive, our faith, our obedience. He reveals and shows us the condition of our character and our standing before Him. Now listen to this because this is this is really important. Your spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences determines your ministry. But not your attitude. Your attitude determines your maturity. Do you want to know what God wants you to do with your life? Look at your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and the experiences that you've had. But your attitude, your servant heart, determines your maturity. So, this morning, how's your attitude, your servant heart? It's not your ability that Jesus requires, but it's your availability. How's your availability this week, next month, this year? It's not your promises of service or the intentions of your heart he requires but faithful service. Are we faithful in service? Am I faithful in service? It's not our words he requires, but our devotion in action. How's your devotion in action this morning? So serving like Jesus means being available, ready, Faithful and active He has appointed us to serve him. I came across a quote, which was quite good, I thought, and apt. Uh, it's from an anonymous person, and it goes like this: It says, "God does not ask about our ability or inability, but our availability." God does not ask about our ability or inability, but our availability. It's through our availability that God uses us and we begin to mature in him. According to scripture, there is no question whether service is optional. The Bible makes it clear. Service is at the very heart of the kingdom. Even God works on our behalf. Okay, so what's the application here? It's making ourselves available to God to use us. How do we make ourselves available to God? Let me suggest the following: by being willing to step out of our comfort zone and saying to God, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" Then maybe going that little bit further and talking to somebody in the church or a life group. How you can get involved what you would like to do, what you'd like to contribute and the best way that your contribution can serve the church and best serve you. So how's your comfort zone this morning? Are you are comfortable? Should be in those seats. Don't get too comfortable because God has some stuff for you to do this year. Don't get too comfortable. It reminds me of a personal story um, that I won't forget. It will all be printed in my mind. And I thought I'd maybe share that with you. And it, I guess it was a stage in my life where um, God just wanted to deal with some comfort zones in my life. I uh, was a young Christian. I wanted to serve God. And so what happened was I prayed about serving him, and then I thought the best thing to do was go and do some training. I went on a discipleship training course with an organisation called Youth of the Mission. This was down south in a lovely location on a fairly large piece of uh, land in the countryside, uh, a large manor house, and some other buildings as well. And there was approximately about two to 300 uh, people on site, including staff. The manor house, though... Even though it was large, it it wasn't really designed to cope with that many people. Part of our learning as students was to carry out practical jobs that needed to be done to keep the place running. Uh, Things like cooking, um, kitchen duties, washing up and serving food. Then there was the maintenance of the vast acreage of the land, cutting the grass, uh, planting, um, picking up rubbish, general cleaning and tidying outside on the grounds. Uh, as well as in the the manor house there was various projects also on the go and one was digging a massive hole for a pond and it was massive Um, and there were other other projects going on at the same time anyway, one day um, we were, as a group, asked to do an urgent job um, outside on the grounds and uh, we all got together and went out and the closer we got to the destination we noticed a, 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 a strong smell Feelings of unease and anxiety started to take hold of us. Uh, The smell got more and more violent, pungent. In fact, it was sickly. When we arrived to our destination, we were shocked, horrified, and disgusted at what we saw. The stink was sickening. Uh, Without going into too much graphic detail, because I don't want to ruin your Sunday lunch, um, the sewage system was not able to cope with the volume of human waste, basically. The sheer compacted volume had pushed the drain open and the overflow was not a pleasant sight to behold. There were other drains in similar conditions around the, um, around the grounds. It was physically sickening. A number of times I felt, right from the pit of my stomach, like being sick. And I thought I was going to be physically sick. It was horrible. This was not what I'd signed up for. I'd signed up for a discipleship course to read the Bible, to worship God and, and, and those kind of things. I didn't sign up for this. And I'd paid good money to do this as well. Some of the people refused to do it. To be honest, I didn't want to do it. Why me? I asked myself. At the same time I felt challenged. Did I really love God? Was I really willing to serve God and others on site? Whatever it cost. Was I really willing to surrender my will to Christ? How far was I willing to go for him? All these questions and other thoughts were going through my mind. Then I remember the words of commitment I had spoken that very morning in our prayers and worship of my allegiance to God and wanting to serve him no matter what. No matter what. And then I asked myself, if I wasn't willing to serve God and others on sight, was I worthy to call myself a disciple of Jesus? Even though physically feeling um, sick and wanting to be sick, I put on my overalls, facial mask, gloves and all the other equipment that we had to do the job. I cleaned up all the rubbish and the human deposits. I was so glad it was over and I felt, I felt better after doing it. Then the others, the others, I guess, felt the same as well. And we were asked to do one final thing, and we were led to uh, the main manhole, which was blocked. And when we looked down, there's a fairway down there, and it was dirty, and it was horrible, and it was smelly. We looked at each other. Nobody said anything. We were asked we would go down. We looked at each other. We looked down. And I guess without thinking I found myself volunteering for the task. I guess it was to prove to myself I was willing to serve God whatever the cost. And the way that whatever he wanted me to do. So down I went and as I was going down, scraping the sides, you can just imagine how I felt. I was open down those steps quite frequently to get some air. And eventually, when it became unstuck, there was a loud hallelujah. In fact, there was lots of loud hallelujahs and amens. And I couldn't wait to get in the shower. I later found out that this was a recurring problem, and each term this was used to reinforce teachings of humility and service. And I guess sometimes it worked and other times it didn't. But God needed to push me out of my comfort zone. And this year, God's going to push you guys out of your comfort zone. You're going to find yourself doing things you never thought you could do. God's going to use you. But you know what? You're going to do it with the strength of God. Amen? Amen. So if you want to on blocking your drains... Please give me a ring and I'll give you Dalarod's number. I've done my stint. No, seriously, I guess what I learned from this experience was that no task the Master asks us to do is too menial a task for us to carry out for Him. In fact, I believe that God's eyes, in God's eyes there's no, menial, no such thing as menial task because for Him it's not about task. It's about heart attitude. So this morning, Jubilee, are you ready to serve whatever it takes? Amen. Philip Brooks, a famous uh, bishop of Massachusetts, I think it was, in the, I can't even remember if it's 1700 or 1800, said the following, Let's not pray for easy lives, but pray to be stronger men and women young and old. Let's not pray for tasks equal to our abilities and powers, but pray for abilities and powers equal to our tasks. Remember, God wills and acts to do his work through us and God is infinitely bigger than the tasks he sets us. (coughs) Folks, (coughs) friends, brothers and sisters this morning, You are here at Jubilee, not by chance. You are here for a God-given reason and mission. God did not place you here to sit and soak and enjoy. Though at times, that will be your experience because he wants you to be refreshed and strengthened. He brought you here to love, serve and be served. So are you loving? Are you serving? Are you being served? God knew that you have something to give. Something to contribute to Jubilee. To this city of Derby. And even beyond. It may be your background. Your talents. Your ability. Your contacts. Your network. Or whatever interests and hobbies you have. That will attract others to Christ. In this place. There is something everyone can be involved here at Jubilee. Nothing is too small or too large, insignificant or menial. It's all important, vital to God. It is in humility of service that we bring glory to God through Christ. Not only that, but we personally feel blessed having served God and others. Joy is a natural consequence of serving God. When God uses me or works in me to serve him, I receive satisfaction, I receive a joy. There's a sense of excitement and and there's a joy in serving God. A sense of purpose and fulfillment and blessing. It's exciting. It's adventurous. Hard work. But rewarding because you're involved in bringing glory to God. And that's what it's about. Bringing glory to God. To God. just want to share a short story with you. Many years ago, two te- teenager boys tried to come into a church service at night, and it was packed out and they couldn 't find any seats. So they turned around and decided to leave because they couldn 't find a seat. But one of the ushers, ushers said, uh, "Come on guys i 'll find your seat." and that usher personally escorted them down to the center. And set them in the middle and found them two seats. That night, both of the boys accepted Jesus Christ and became Christians. One of those was Billy Graham, who has now led millions and tens of millions to Christ. Do you think that usher was going to get any credit in heaven? Definitely. Definitely. We have no idea of the significance of small acts so never belittle the little because it's all important it doesn't matter if you're doing something important that's well known or if you're doing something important that's not well known it's all important our capacity to serve is immense and when it's aligned with God's power through the Holy Spirit it's amazing We need to learn to listen and heed, yield to the Holy Spirit's leadings and promptings. He will ensure that we don't burn out in our own strength. I don't believe God designed us to work on our own, in our own energies, but in partnership with him through the Holy Spirit. So it is important that we cultivate a life of prayer and fasting and allow ourselves to be silent before God Giving God the opportunity to refresh us and empower us. It's important for us to allow God to develop our character as we serve him. And it's important for us as a family, as a group of people, God's people, God's family, working together in serving one another and those outside of his kingdom. The greatest reward we receive is that we bring glory to God. And we all want to bring glory to God, don't we? Yeah? We all want to bring glory to God. Amen, Amen to that. We want to bring glory to God. And we want to honour our Saviour by following his example. How will God use you? Well, that's going to get real practical now. What's going to happen is, I'm going to close in a minute, and before you leave this auditorium, uh, somebody's going to be at the door, and they're going to give you a sheet of paper. And that sheet of paper is entitled uh, something like uh, "To Serve God and Others." And what I'd like you to do is take one of those with you. And um, there's a number of questions on there, and I want you to be prayerful about it. And I want you to fill in that sheet. And and what I want you to do with that sheet is um, use it as a focal point in your life groups. to to talk about what you've written down. So do please spend some time in prayer. If you can today, it would be really great for you to do that and be prayerful about that so that you're better equipped then when you come to life groups to be able to um, talk about your your answers that you've written. If you're not part of a life group, then I really want to encourage you to join one. Um, If you need help with this, then please come and see me after service and we can tell you where the different groups meet. Um, and that would be really, really encouraging. If um, you would like to serve God here at Jubilee, and you're not sure how you can be involved, or you would like to do something specific, um, in a specific area or uh, in a specific way, then please, again, do come and see me, and, uh, and also come and speak to one of the leadership team, and they'll be able to help you in that. Right, so just to recap now, five points. So first point, we are all called to serve God and others. Second point, we are to make ourselves available to serve God. Three, we are to have a servant heart attitude. Four, we are to serve God by serving others with the strength of God. Point five, we honour Christ and bring glory to God through our service I want to end our meeting this morning by quoting John uh, Wesley who is famous Methodist revivalist, uh, he had a motto and this is his motto <coughs> do all the good you can by all the means you can by all the ways you can in all the places you can and in all, and at all times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you can, forever. It's a mouthful, isn't it? I want to read that to you again. Great, 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 uh, brother in Christ. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, by all the ways you can, in all the places you can, and in all the, all, at all times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Amen? Amen. This morning, you and I, are ministers. We are ministers of the living God. And you know, we have an amazing God this morning. Let's just stand. I'm just going to pray. Lord, we want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you that you are our God. And Father, I want to thank you that we can serve you. Father, you don't need us to serve you, but you you ask us asks and you, you invite us to serve you, Lord. And you ask us to serve you. And Father, we, we know no greater privilege than saying, Lord, we want to serve you this morning. And Father, I just want to pray that this morning where people are feeling tired and weary where there seems to be a sense of uh, passion that's just, just gone maybe Lord where there's just tiredness I just invite you Holy Spirit to come come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit I ask, Holy Spirit, you will become in your power right now. You will come in power and just move over us right now. In the name of Jesus, you will bring refreshing to those who are tired and those who are weary at this point. You will bring refreshment, Lord. You will begin to bring joy once again, Father. Father. And Lord, where we've been working in our own energies, Lord, where our own efforts have been what we've been depending on, I pray, Lord, we would submit to you and ask you, Lord, help us. Help us to lean on you. And thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do with us and in us and through us at Jubilee, in the city of Derby, in this nation and beyond. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and praise. For we cannot do it, Lord, without you. But we offer ourselves. Right now, Lord, we offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.